Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to another segment here on GEMS Podcast. For those of you that are new to the community, welcome to the community. For those of you that are existing listeners, thank you so much for coming back to listen to another segment. With me today in the hot seat is a very special guest by the name of Giuseppe Grammatico. And today we're going to talk about franchising and the franchising, not the ones from the from the ground up, but existing franchising. So there is a differentiator there. And you're going to find out more as we continue the segment. But let me tell you a little bit more about Giuseppe. Giuseppe Grammatico has owned a number of master franchise licenses and has enjoyed a successful franchising career, guiding over 200 individuals through business ownership, many for the first time. In addition to two decades in franchising, he also has 20 years of sales, marketing, and management experience. He has assisted over 100 individuals and businesses with their investments and achieved over $1 billion in sales. I'm going to repeat that, y'all. $1 billion with a B. Not everyone is motivated by money and fame, and Giuseppe knows this. He takes the overwhelming guests' work out of the franchising process, listening and teaching along the way, learning about his candidates' specific goals for their business and life aids in guiding them down their dream path. Those bold enough to take action on their own are the ones that realize the freedom boldness can deliver. Freedom favors the bold, he says. So without further ado, let's welcome Giuseppe Grammatico to GEMS Podcast. Thanks, Genesis. I appreciate it. Looking forward to it today. My pleasure, Giuseppe. So before we dive into the main part of the segment, we're going to do the connection round. So there are two two ways we could do this. We could either do a rapid fire game, which is 10 questions, or an icebreaker. What are you in the mood for? Um, I've listened to the show and uh, let's go rapid fire. I thought that was pretty cool. Here we go. We're playing rapid fire with Genesis and Giuseppe. Double G's. Here we go. Question number one. What's your favorite color? Uh, dark blue. Question two. If you could relive or recreate any significant moment in your life, what would it be? Oh, wow. Um, I guess when I was a kid, I see my kids home from, from summer and just being a kid and the, and the freedom of just being able to do play video games and not have a work in the world. <laughs> Question three, what's one piece of advice you wish someone would have gave you early on in life? It's, uh, it's not about the end uh, goal or, uh, you know, the, um, I guess the end result that you should really enjoy the, uh, the journey. Question four, name one challenge that you learned from in your life that really helped you build character. One challenge. Um, you can't control, uh, everything is not in your control. Um, you, there's certain things you control and, you, and certain things you can't control. And that gave me, that, that helped a lot. Question five, what's your drink of choice? Coffee, tea, or something else? Coffee all the way. Question six. 
You get three random acts of kindness per day that you're supposed to do for someone else. What are your three for today? Three acts of kindness. Oh, that's a good one. Um, you know, vi maybe visit a, an elderly uh, family member, or I should say, uh, you know, some, someone's elderly, just making, making sure they, uh, they have a good day. Um, just did this, just walked a dog for a neighbor. And, uh, and another one would be uh, just, uh, you know, we just had uh, someone in need in, in our town uh, helping uh, with uh, just cleaning up their, their landscaping. Um, you know, some, someone that was in need and just had a, had a death in the family. So. Love it. Seven. If you had the option to trade places with anyone, would you take that option? And if so, who, and if not, would you just remain yourself? Yeah, that that's a good one. And I, I've been asked that before. And it used to be a yes, but I'm going to say I'm, I'm, I'm happy. You know, life isn't my life isn't perfect like anyone else's. But no, I, I don't think I would trade places. And I think uh, I like I like my life and my family. So I'm happy. Question eight, if you could sit down and have lunch or dinner with any person past or present, who would it be and why? Uh you know, I, there, there's a lot of people. If it, just just because I was watching an interview, I, I would say um, one someone I've been following since I was a teenager, uh, Warren Buffett, and I just love his. Um, it's not all about money. I like his methodology, the the way he thinks, and he's been around. He's not a young guy, and he's seen a lot of things over the years. So I'm sure I'm missing some other great important people, but I'm on the spot. So we'll, we'll go, Warren. <laughs> yeah. So I always have a challenge. <laughs> when someone names someone that's actually living and it may be a wild card challenge, but a challenge is a challenge. So you can either accept or reject here. So my challenge is since you've been watching Warren Buffett's um, goals, goals and dreams and just his methodology and et cetera, for some time now, I would just challenge you to reach out to his PR team or him and just say, Hey, I've been following you throughout your career. This is how I feel like I can add value to you. This is how I feel like you can add value to me because we want to make sure it's a win-win and there are synergies there and say, I would love to have like either a virtual coffee chat or a tea chat, or even a lunch with you if you're open to it. And then just really package it package it up nicely. And especially with your background, 20 years of sales and marketing, you could definitely market yourself and pitch. So do you accept or reject the challenge? I'm going I'm to accept it. Why not? What, you know, why it's there, people are paying a lot of money to have breakfast with Warren, but I'm going to, I'm going to go all out. I'm going to give it a shot. I've never, never reached out to him. So let's see, let's see. And I'll keep you posted. Okay. So you accept the challenge accept and it. then you're going to keep me posted and I'm going to give you two weeks because if we put it out there and we don't hold ourselves accountable by putting a date next to it, we're not going to get it done. So reach out within the next two weeks and screenshot me. So I know that you actually took the challenge and you reached out. How about that? Does that Perfect. sweeten the deal? <laughs> that works. That works. I like that. Okay. Question nine, would you rather a dream car dream home or who says you can't have it all let's have both let's have them both okay <laughs> why not do you have a vision a vision board or um do you have a visualization of the dream car and the dream home that you want i i did in the past and uh you know we we definitely have our dream home um dream vehicle we don't drive anymore so that went out the window because i work from home now and with covid 
everything is virtual. So, but I did, um, I do. And I actually have a Google document. I review every single day with my goals, you know, things to, to get done and what needs to get done to, to get to that goal. So it's something I review religiously every single day. And I uh, encourage everyone to have that in front of them. You know, you're in front of your computer all day long. Definitely, definitely recommend that. Amazing. And question 10, it's the fun question here. So it's the pass or play question. So if you pass, you're throwing it back to me and you get to ask me a question. If you choose to play, I ask one last question to wrap up rapid fire. So do you want to pass or play? Uh, why not? Let's, let, let, let's play. Let's, let's see. Let's see. I hope I don't regret this one. <laughs> <laughs> so I see a yellow book in your background. Is that a book that you wrote or is that a book that just helps you stay motivated? That is uh, my first book uh, called Franchise Freedom. And it uh, talks about my journey and, and the process to figure out if a franchise may be a good fit for you. Amazing. So when we get closer in the segment to the CTA, I want you to hold that book up so we can actually see it. Sounds good. Amazing. And thank you for playing rapid fire, GSFE. <laughs> now let's jump into the main part of the segment. And I don't know if you want to grab the book now or if you want to do it later on. Yeah, I'll grab it. Let me just, uh, I got to disconnect here, baby. One second. Okay, no worries. Okay. Okay, awesome. Yeah, because now since we're talking about franchising and you wrote a book about franchising, we could dive into that. But before we dive into franchising, I want to know your back-end story. And the reason why I want to know your back-end story, GSFB, is because so many times whenever we hit our, our milestones of success or we hit these accolades, people just see us and they want to place us on a pedestal. But no one takes the time to actually say, well, GSFB, how did you get to where you are? Right. So they could begin to like take actions and build up. They're like, oh, they just want to arrive. And it doesn't always happen that way. So can you give us an overview of your background and what led you to the path you're on now? Yeah, absolutely. I am um, first generation. My, my, my family is, uh, my parents are from Italy and um, they immigrated here many years ago. And uh, my first language was actually Italian. So I learned English when I was uh, about six or seven. And um, grew up in the restaurant industry. We had an Italian restaurant here in New Jersey. Uh, no nights. I mean, I'm sorry. No, uh, no social life because it was always nights, weekends, and, and, and holidays. But I learned a lot. That was the, the best experience. Although I went to school and graduate school and all that other great stuff. First person in my family to go to college. Uh, learned most of it from the business. And learned from an early age that I wanted to be a business owner. I didn't know what business. I knew I didn't want to work necessarily own a restaurant not, not that there's anything wrong with it it's just the um the role you know what you, you what you know the hours you have to put in and the the nights weekends and holidays when people are ordering so ordering food so um left that uh, or continue to work there but took a, a job in the investment world did that you know we did over a billion dollars in sales working for companies like ubs and uh, jp morgan and alliance bernstein and um made some great money, great connections, but was not fulfilled. Did, did not um, really enjoy what I was doing. I felt like I was a number. I had some great managers and those managers uh, were really cool with me, you know, as long as it didn't affect my job to look into other things. So I uh, looked into different jobs that didn't work out, looked into other businesses and realized that franchising 
um, was something that piqued my interest since I, I wanted a system in place that I could run with. Hired a business coach. They told me the exact same thing. You know, what color is your parachute? And realized my, my parachute was uh, systems in place. Um, so I now have, you know, my, my beautiful wife, two kids here in New Jersey. And, um, you know, I said before, before our kids were born, I wanted to have all this in place. So in 07, I quit my job and I um, purchased a couple franchises back in 2007, ran those successfully. And um, uh, the person that helped me was an actual franchise coach. I became a franchise coach because I, I saw the effect it had on on my life and and I wanted to have the same effect on other people and helping them make that decision. So, and the rest is history. I have a vision board. I put together the life I wanted and it wasn't perfect. And it wasn't exactly, you know, it didn't go exactly as mapped out, but uh, as long as you constantly look at those goals and those visions, um, that's probably the best advice I can give to everyone. Write it down and, and, and not just look at it, but read it every day, spend two minutes to, to review your goals. And, uh, and we're here today and I've helped uh, well over a thousand people, not that they all purchased businesses, but I talk a lot of them uh, into going back and finding a different job because a business isn't for everyone, uh, nor is a franchise. So, uh, so that's where I spent a lot of my time as a franchise matchmaker as I help people in that area. I love that. And I loved hearing your background story. And I could completely resonate with the restaurant industry being taxing, not from my personal standpoint, but from my husband's standpoint. My husband was an executive chef for a number of years. And oh, wow. when we first started dating, it was like he was always gone like late nights and all of that stuff. And now as we're transitioning to build our family, I was like, what is that going to look like, especially mm-hmm. with the newborn? Like, I need you here to help me and balance the load. So he just recently did a career transition and a pivot and doing something else outside of the chef industry and what was a great point of reflection was actually the pandemic because the Mm -hmm. pandemic forced a lot of people to stay at home especially when restaurants were were closed down and then when things started picking back up and he went back to work a lot of employees didn't return back to work so you're the chef you're the front of the house you're the back of the house and etc and you're exhausted Mm -hmm. so I appreciate you talking about how you how your parents immigrated here from Italy you they owned a restaurant you learned a lot of the skills and leadership and etc from the restaurant industry then you transitioned into the financial sector. So what you acquired in the restaurant industry, even though it's different from financial, you still had leadership, organization, um, vendor management, relationship, and all of those um, soft skills as well as hard skills that you applied in the financial industry that I'm sure gave you a competitive advantage for you to be successful. Then you just felt something that was just tugging at your heartstrings, Mm -hmm. like, I'm not feeling fulfilled. And then you probably went through a period of self-inventory where you started to ask yourself, what is it that Giuseppe wants to do and how can I be fulfilled, which led you to franchising? Would you say this is a good summary so far? Yeah, very, very good summary. You nailed it. Absolutely. Which led you to franchising. And then now you're doing franchising, which is something you love to do. You can help other people and then you're ta- you're starting with the end in mind and you're reverse right. engineering it to get them where they want to be. And the reason why I say that is because now I'm, I'm a visionary life coach. So I tell people, people perish for not having a vision. And I said, if you don't know where you want to go, how do you know how to navigate? And I say, let's use, um, for example, GPS. 
GPS, you have to put in the coordinates. So you may not know how to get to the final destination, but whenever you put in the final destination in the coordinates, whether you're using Apple, Google Maps, or Waze, it's going to give you several different routes. And it's going to tell you the fastest route, the toll-free route, or you know the longest way or whatnot. But then sometimes it's like, okay, do we want to get something quickly and then we miss the lessons along the way? Or do we want to take the long route and we have the failures, but we build upon the failures, which end up helping us with the success later on down in life? Right. I like that. I, 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 I like that a lot because that, that does make a huge difference in uh, appreciation of things and, and you bring a lot of experience and value to the table. So uh, very, very well uh, said. Yeah. So with the franchising, since you're helping with existing franchises and not like the bootstraps out there, how did you make your differentiation between, okay, either working with a bootstrap franchise that's fresh off the ground or existing one that already had their playbook there and you're just putting your secret sauce with their playbook to create something magical? Well, we well we actually work with both. We do work with emerging brands that are just getting um, their start. So maybe they have uh, two or three franchises and they're they're growing their systems. And we work with the more established. We just we don't someone looking to develop it from a, a, an idea into a franchise. We have a, have a partner of mine that that works closely with those people. But yeah, our our biggest thing is the systems that uh, that are either emerging or established uh, franchise systems, they're always looking for great franchise companies, I'm sorry, uh, franchisees, uh, as they are extensions of their brand. So what we really enjoy is they have a, they have an idea, they have a franchise avatar, especially the, uh, the established brands, they know exactly who does really well, they know that it's someone that is highly organized, that has a ton of management experience, not necessary experience in the industry, such as lawn care or um, pets or you know health and beauty but as long as they have management experience the franchise or can teach them the emerging brands are still sometimes figuring it out and it takes their first 10 to 20 franchise owners to say okay these are the people that will do extremely well and maybe the, the people in this subset uh, they do well but they're going to struggle a little bit because we really need someone that's more of an extrovert and more outgoing because we're doing a lot we're finding out you need to do a lot more events so we just love working with them to try to figure out who that avatar is and then bring them great quality families. Uh, we cover all the United States and Canada uh, that may be a good fit. So we're not, you know, we're matchmakers. We're not salespeople. We don't work for the brands, but we really like to bring great quality people that, um, you know, that we feel are a good fit, you know, that the area is available financially, they can afford the investment, but more importantly, the role, right? It's all about the role, what they'll be doing in the business so that it's successful They'll do well, and, and, and more importantly, it's sustainable, something they can be doing over the next five, 10 plus years. Thank you for sharing that, Giuseppe. And one thing I'm going to dive a little bit further back, just so we're connecting the dots for the audience here. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned in 07, you quit your job, and then you bought seven franchises. So when you bought the seven franchises, what was your methodology for, for picking the seven specific franchises you bought? And then the second part of this question, and I'm going to, I'm just going to say both both questions up front and then you break it apart. So the second part is after you pick those seven franchises that you were um, going to inquire about buying, which you did secure and purchase, how did you go about the capital? Because I want 
whoever's listening or watching this video mm. to know, okay, yes, you, you have to have capital to buy yeah. the franchises. Not all of them are going to be affordable, but depending on what type of franchise you're buying, there may be di different um, purchasing points. Yeah. So lo lots of options there. So actually, and, and I apologize. I, so I, I purchased, purchased two franchises and I, I apologize if I said, said, said seven accidentally, but two franchises in 2007. And um, I work with my coach to really break down exactly what I was looking for. And they told me right from the beginning, you don't need industry experience. You worked on Wall Street, you worked in the, in the restaurant business, but what, what's the most important thing? And I said, well, you know, I think we're going to go into some type of a recession, which we did in 2008. Um, and I said, well, I want something that's recession resistant um, to an extent, right? Every business is, is affected in some way or another. So we were in uh, commercial uh, cleaning and maintenance, and we did a lot of uh, medical surgery centers and things like that, something that was sustainable, you know, hospitals and surgery centers and dialysis centers all had to stay in business. So, so we looked at the core of the business, which is what I do. Uh, do I want a lot of employees? I did not. So we had a lot of uh, contractors that had their own employees. I wanted something that um, could uh, recession resistant. I wanted something that had unlimited growth potential and unlimited revenue streams. And I think we had 30 revenue streams, you know, from, from cleaning to restoring floors, to painting, to construction, debris removal. So, the, and the list went on. So I wanted something that had growth that I can cover uh, in a relatively large market and create an, an annuity, which is unique in that every month we knew that we were going to be billing X amount just because our customers needed the service on a daily basis uh, funding, funding was actually tricky and I wish I knew what I knew today. Um, I left my job, so I had funding with a bank. I won't name the bank. I, I will never probably bank with them ever again. Um, but I had funding all lined up and what happened was I left my job and apparently that was not covered in our, in our conversation. And right before closing, the bank pulled out and said, we cannot, we didn't know you were leaving your, your company and your job. We cannot fund this project. And so, uh, that was, can I ask about, a question there? Yeah. Did they say whenever you were leaving and they backed out and pulled it, did they make it seem like it was a conflict of interest that that's why they weren't going to fund you? Or was there something else that was like a gray murky area just for context here? Yeah, I, they, they backed out. It was, it was a little bit gray. There wasn't a huge explanation, but it, it, it sounded as if I was losing my income and I was doing well working in my last corporate job. Um, but I also had my, my wife's income coming in. So they felt like the, um, maybe it was a little too risky for them because they thought that the, with the income coming in from my job, it was going to run the business on the side. Uh, I viewed it the complete opposite. I said, I was going to quit my job and run this business full time so I can dedicate a hundred percent of my time and effort. So it was very, uh, very gray. I was dealing with, you know, someone over the phone. It wasn't like a, an in-person meeting. So very vague and they, they backed out and needless to say, I closed all my accounts with that, that bank, never to do business with them again, because I felt like they truly led me on to, to believe that they were going to give me this loan. So um, last minute because of, of timing and when I wanted to open and I recently resigned with, with notice, um, I uh, took a loan from, a, from my grandparents who funded uh, that the, uh, the entire project and I was able to you know, pay them back over the next couple of years. So it was not an ideal situation, but knowing what I know today and for whatever reason, maybe this didn't come up in conversation. And uh, for everyone listening in, 
you don't know what you don't know. And I, and I wish my coach had brought this up and I, I make sure to cover this on the first call. There are numerous ways to fund a franchise. Number one being, which is something I had readily available. You could fund a franchise with your retirement money, uh, penalty free. And most people do not know that. And I did not know that. And this is, I mean, it's probably been 40 plus years that this has been around. So I wish I have known that I would have went that route, but Anyway, it, it, things happen and, and you learn. So, but um, what we do is on our first conversation, just like when you buy a home, you want to be, you know, you want to know your options. So on our first conversation, we put you in touch with our funding partner and they'll do a full review and give you all your options, retirement uh, rollovers, uh, home equity lines of credit, SBA loans. And, you know, some of those options they'll offer in-house and others, you'll have to go back to your bank or mortgage company to, for example, get a, a line of credit. Uh, it's a free service and you only pay if you decide to move forward with any of the, um, um, the products that they offer. And uh, there, are, there are tons of options. You, you do need capital. This isn't a, a no money down kind of deal that you see in, you know, after midnight on some of these infomercials, but uh, some franchise companies will, you know, maybe offer financing directly. If you've, uh, served in the, in the military, there are discounts of, uh, available. If, um, you know, in, in some cases, uh, it's a combination and maybe a home equity line of credit and, and a combination of a retirement. So a uh, rollover. So uh, a really good funding partner will sit down and, and really review those options. But ideally, you're going to need to have some skin in the game. Um, any bank, any lender is going to want that uh, unless you just use all your money and just use all your retirement. So another question here really quick, um, since you're talking about the different ways to get funded, what about grant writing? Because I know other businesses are affiliated with grant writings. And then you did mention the SBA, so the Small Business Association, for those of you listening in. Sometimes they do give um, certain types of funding, especially for minority businesses, because the government um, has certain money in different pools that if you're a minority and you identify a certain way, you get an extra kickback. Correct. Yeah. With, with grants, I encourage everyone by for their state to, to look that up and, uh, and figure out if they qualify. Um, and they'll work directly with the, uh, with the franchise companies. Um, you know, same thing for, with, with qualification SBA, same thing. They'll, they'll do a pre-qualification and that's a loan, um, you know, where you have to typically pay that back in 10 years and they have different types of SBA loans, but, the government is backing that loan up and they want to make sure that um, you qualify and there are going to be certain criteria. They're going to, you know, give you things such as um, for one of the loans, you'll, if there's real estate involved, you have to have a lease signed before they would actually give you the funding. They're going to expect you to put so much down. Uh, I'm not as, as familiar with all the grant options. And uh, from my understanding, it does vary by state. So you would, uh, you know, Google that to see, uh, what you would what you would be able to get if you qualify and then working with the uh, the franchisor as far as a more of a time frame as to when you would have access to those funds the um the SBA you're looking at 2 to 4 months depending on their their product the um the, the type of SBA loan and if there's real estate involved that's going to take a, a little bit longer but uh the good news is you have you have options and here here's the secret there's no one option is not better than the next it's what you're comfortable with. Um, when I worked on Wall Street, I said, never touch your retirement money. My tune has changed. I would be completely open to getting out of the stock market and investing in myself and into my own business. 
Um, and that's using your own money and you don't have to worry about loan, a loan payment. And that may be nagging at you every month. You have to pay this one, two, three thousand dollar note payment. Uh, some people don't mind. They would rather use someone else's money, which is fine. And, you know, pay that back over time. So it's really what you're going to be most comfortable with. Um, it's a stressful time and, and it, as well as an exciting time. So you do what's best uh, for you and not compare yourself to others. Thank you for sharing that. And one thing that I would add on to that is for someone who may have that 401k and you're transitioning and doing a, a rollover, or if you're fortunate to have a 401k plus a pension, which I've been in that um, arena. So when I got laid off from oil and gas in 2021, I was fortunate to be fully vested in my pension. So there was a loophole that I found out where I could actually take out my pension before 59 and a half and roll it over. And I know that if you work with a financial advisor or a planner, you may be able to use some of that money without worrying about the penalties. Right. I'm not an expert in that. So I would just say in I encourage you to talk to someone who is an expert in that so you could do Absolutely. your due diligence and just be <laughs> mindful. And then another thing I recently learned by all the people I talk to um, daily is kickstarting. So some people use mm. kickstarting and different ways to, you know, fund their businesses for bootstrap. And I'm not sure if that would apply here in this context for franchising. So Giuseppe, since you have more experience than I do, well, how do you feel about kickstarting and those fundraisers that some people are doing out? Yeah, um, I have not worked with someone that that has tried that. I mean, in, in, in reality, or in theory, I guess it, it, it could work, they'll be investing essentially in you. So as long as there's some type of, you know, they'll own x amount of the business, or they'll get certain percentage of the distribution, I guess it could work. But um, you just have to be very clear on the terms, what exactly you're raising money for? Um, is it going to be all your endeavors going forward, is it a specific franchise? So I, I, I guess it could be set up that way. I just, I don't know all the ins and outs of of that. It's def, definitely not my forte. So I wish, wish I can say more. <laughs> no, no worries. And I would just say from um, my background, if y'all are going to go into business with someone, make sure that you're protecting your intellectual property, which is your IP. Make sure there's NDAs, non-disclosure agreements, make sure there's non-competes and et cetera. Because when money is involved in certain situations and you're not the sole owner, things could get very murky, especially yeah. if that business partner decides to transition because you may not have all the capital up front but you may have someone that wants to partner where y'all are acting as co-owners for that franchise. So always make sure that you have your ducks in a row. You dot all your I's and cross all your T's mm -hmm. and go consult with someone like Giuseppe, have a financial advisor, have an accountant and all the key people lined up before you make that transition. And don't just do it off of emotion. Just do your market research analysis. Ask yourself, what am I going to get ROI, your return mm -hmm. on investment? and etc. And um, Giuseppe, I want to throw you an audible so I'm respectful of our time commitment before we jump into the CTA of the segment. Is there anything else that I did not ask you that you want to share that will add value to the franchising part of the conversation? And I know you have that book, so we'll do that in the CTA. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, it's do your do your research. We don't charge a fee for, for what we do. And I really encourage anyone that has thought about owning a business you have options. You have you have different ways of funding, as we talked about. But more importantly, you know, bet on yourself. Um, being an employee is great, and, and it's not a knock at, at being an employee because without employees, businesses couldn't run. But if uh, you're interested in exploring franchises, people kind of 
say, yeah, that's not a good fit for me, but they don't know the true story. And I'll, I'll leave you with, you can be an employee full-time and have a franchise on the side and that franchise on the side, maybe the goal is not necessary to make money, but it may be your future home where you can transition out of your job. So uh, when people hear that their ears kind of, you know, they, their, their eyes light up and they're like, wow, I didn't, I, you know, I, when I think of a side business, I think of you know, selling baseball cars to the side when I was a kid and, or cutting lawns on the side, but you can have a legitimate empire on the side while, while keeping your job. And then once it gets to the point where maybe it covers your current income, you can transition out. And that's been a very common strategy from people I work with daily. So bet on yourself. Uh, I encourage everyone. We, we do a 20, a 20 minute call just to learn. It's all education. Um, and then from there, deciding if, if it may or may not sound like a good fit. Amazing. So let's jump into the CTA. That was okay. a great way to segue. So the CTA, um, please link um, your book. Let's talk about the book briefly. So for those of them that are interested in learning more about franchising, you put all your knowledge that you acquired in that book and then plug your website, how they could get a hold of you and where you primarily hang out on social media. Yep. So here's the book, Franchise Freedom. And I was original. We have a podcast also called Franchise Freedom. So we, um, but it's not all about franchising. It's so the, the website is GG, my initials, because my name is very difficult to, to spell. So GG, the franchise guide, G U I D E. So GG, the franchise guide.com. And uh, that's, that's what you need that, that website. And you can download this book today for free. So if you want access to the book, it's a free download. Uh, our podcast is there. We just hit our hundredth episode and we talk about, yeah, it was a big, uh, thank you. It was a big accomplishment. I didn't, I figured I'd try it and see what happens, but two years of, of shows. And we talk about every topic from selling businesses to stories of employee to employer. Uh, we have a blog that we're going to start, um, you know, writing on again, and you can, schedule a call um, on there, you know, just hit book a call. It's on every single page. It's a 20 minute call. Our, ser our service is always free, but uh, that 20 minute call is not to show you franchises. We don't do that typically until the third call. It's simply one thing to learn about you and figure out if mutually, if a franchise is the right fit, we'll tell you what that will look like, but um, we will help you, you know, at least rule out or or decide if it may, it may sound like a good fit. So you have the book, the podcast, the blog, you could book a call, you could send me a message. Um, and for those that are just not ready to have a conversation, that's cool. 25 FAQs, your 25 top questions I get every single day. And I'll just plug another book while I'm here. One of the best marketing books I've ever read, they ask you answer. And so my, my comment to this book is you asked, I answered. Uh, 25 questions I get daily, unfiltered, no BS. It's, it's, it's extremely direct. It, it's, it's honest. And it's not to sell you on, on, on franchising. In many cases, I tell people, if you can't follow a system, if you're looking to change the system, don't buy a franchise. And we I, you know, have a longer conversation there. So check it out. I'd love to, to chat and, and hear from you. And uh, if you have a question, it may be a future blog. So any questions, I'll answer that directly and, and maybe create a, a piece of content around your question. 
Amazing. And thank you so much, Giuseppe, for coming into the community and just sharing your knowledge and your business acumen on GEMS podcast. Audience, all of Giuseppe's contact information will be in the show notes. The main link is ggguide.com, and that will have all of his information with the backlinks to where else his um, podcast is, his socials, and etc. So you don't need to worry about going to multiple places. There's a one-stop shop and make sure you like, comment, follow, and subscribe. We're on 40 plus platforms. You can see the video to this recording on our YouTube channel by going to GEMS, G-E-M-S with Genesis Amaris Camp. And lastly, but not least, where would I be without my supporters? You know, I only think about you. I want to thank you for supporting the subject matter experts that come on the show, as well as the mission behind the podcast, which is a movement we're creating to bring content that is educational, inspirational, and motivational while we intersect diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. My big ask, ASK, from you is brand sponsorship. We would like to continue spreading this message and the movement. So if that is you, you could have your products and services ranked right here with us in the top 2% globally out of 2.8 million podcasts per the metrics on www.listennotes.com is where you can fact check me and find more info by going to genesisamarscamp.net or sending me a personalized email to genesisamarscamp at gmail.com. So until the next guest, next segment, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Have yourself an amazing day. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Amaris Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcasts.